We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. One, two, three, listen. You gotta have a like the why, and we know our why. So I think you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Millions and millions of people have done this already. You can get help, you can get a roadmap, you can save a lot of time, money, and frustration. Welcome to the Value Add Podcast with K and K. Um, how are you, how, how, first of all, how are you, the family? How are you guys adjusting to the new, to the stay at home order? Well, it's, uh, you know, the, the world is, uh, quite good here because I have my home office, exact same reproduction as my office office. And the only difference is I just can't walk down the hall and talk to somebody in person. Uh, and uh i uh our kids are a policeman a fireman and a nurse and they're all working very hard wow well well thanks thank you to them for working and be on the front lines because it's a they've got it tough they're always have it tough but especially more these days yep you know this is a these are interesting times because about half of the population or half of the working population is working full time and more so. And they sort of set the base for the economy so that we don't have, yes, we have a recession, but it's not a disaster. It's nowhere near as bad as 2008 uh, in terms of um, the overall effect on the economy when the whole economy was completely crippled. Now it's really a situation where unfortunately it's, it's the ones who are really being hit are the hourly workers. And that is going to have a, a substantial effect on occupancy rates in apartments, obviously on retailing. And that's the real soft spot. Uh, I'm seeing that the employment, the unemployment rate, I will say for those with college degrees, is still in the six to eight percent range as opposed to 20 or 25 percent for the uh, non-degreed persons. Wow. Wow. Now, if the government actually writes a check to each household for a thousand or twelve hundred dollars, that will save them for a month or so because the savings rate for those who don't have college degrees Pretty much zero. is zero. It really is zero. Uh, the uh, situation here in San Diego County is that we're affected more than most places because such a huge part of our economy is tourism and the cruise ships and the zoo, they're obviously suffering very badly. On the positive side, about 50% of our economy really has rock solid jobs in terms of there being either military or government, which is rock solid for the most part, yeah. and those industries that are still going full bore, like construction. And it's really interesting. Finally, the federal government has recognized that construction uh, is a, uh, an important industry, an essential industry. 
and that part of the industry, that industry is doing, still doing well. You know, one of the really positive things, and incidentally, I just got off of a national webinar with home builders around the country. Hmm. And they are rather positive to the extent that virtually none of them have a standing inventory of completed unsold homes. And as a result of that, they're really not hurting and they're telling us, and these builders uh, were from everywhere from Florida to Northeast, all the way out to California, that buyers have not been dropping out because they're so anxious to get their hands on cheap loans. And I don't blame them. Yeah. And here in the county is really interesting. Uh, I'm not hearing that sales are falling apart. I'm hearing that on new home sales, that buyers are sticking with it. They're not dropping out and life is going on. Uh, the only problem as usual is our shortage of construction labor. Yeah. And especially ones who've made a decision to isolate themselves and not go to work. And that's causing a, a, a bit of a crisis in the industry. Because, you know, when we look at what's going on in terms of construction here, we have this enormous amount of vertical construction going on, which has to keep going. We have a huge amount of infrastructure going on, and that has to continue, whether it's the, uh, the trolley line or the military or other infrastructure that must go on. and then. The other part of it, and it's really about 40% of the construction industry, is re renovation and remodeling. Yeah. And that, that still keeps, keeps moving along. Maybe not as vibrantly as it was, but I think people are saying, well, you know, maybe I can get a better deal now from a painter or an electrician, and therefore they are moving forward. Unfortunately, the numbers that come out are about usually 30 to 45 days late. So we really don't have any real number indications yet. Um, and I, uh, I act as a consultant to the Association of Realtors here. And obviously, I'm very anxious to see what happens with uh, the month of March. But I won't have those numbers for you know, a couple, couple of months. Um, I, um, I actually realize, of course, that the days of the caravans and open houses have pretty much disappeared. And yet, the demand is there. And that's the important thing here. The home buying public is still wants to buy a home. The bad part of it is that there's no inventory to buy. And we're in most metropolitan areas have typically have a six month inventory of active listings. We're down to one or one and a half. Wow. And it's really pretty amazing to, to take a look at the numbers because I'm seeing, and maybe it's, not a perfect sample, but I'm seeing no drop in the price of housing uh, here. And it may just be 
that when this thing all is over, there's going to be a, a, a really a huge coming out party. I agree. With, and, and I think prices could accelerate. Um, I'm not, I don't think I'd like that to happen. I don't want to, want to see any runaway. Yeah. Uh, I see. But I think we're in pretty good shape here in the county. What's, um, yeah, interest rates, it's interesting with interest rates. Um, I'm a lender, so I do residential loans. And um, I talked to, I'm a broker, so I've been talking to a lot of the lenders and, you know, Fannie, Freddie, since the government's coming in and buying, as you know, they're buying mortgage-backed securities, treasuries, bonds, whatever. Um, they're not accepting locks right now because, you know, they're hedging and what happened when they hedged, the rates dropped, they're losing money or people are canceling the loan and going somewhere else. They told us today they don't want to take any more locks because they said by within a week or two, they're expecting interest rates that I'm quoting a 3.125 a day to have a two in front of it within the next five to 10 days. So to me, that would fuel, if we come out of this and things are good, that's going to fuel a market that's already being with zero demand. It's going to get crazy. You know, what, what is happening, and this is really fascinating, money is pouring into the U.S. from all around the world. <laughs> that the banks are flush with money. They've got to get it out. So they've got to drop the interest rates to make it happen. And I think you'll also see that corporations will have a much bigger appetite for borrowing if they can borrow at 2%, have you? And, uh, and they will and they can. And I think big companies can see past the 60 days that it'll take to get through this thing. And I'm, I have a feeling it's really gonna be all of April and certainly some of May. But I also see around the world that uh, a lot of the countries are now conquering the virus. Certainly China has, South Korea has, Japan has. And the importance of that is that they supply us with so many of our goods that we buy, yeah. whether it's mobiles or housing parts, that they are gonna be back at work and be able to supply us with goods when the market comes back. So it's very, that's a very positive thing. And I'm also not seeing evidence of price gouging. I'm seeing that uh, retailers are holding their prices pretty much. And I think that's, that's good news. Yeah, I agree. What do you, I mean, a lot of people, I think I'm hearing a lot of, you know, you hear a lot of talk, you hear obviously economists, but I think a lot of people are kind of like, we don't know when we're going to come out of this. But like you said, I, I, we know that we're all staying at home till April 30th. I think that could get dragged out longer and maybe other areas like New York or San Francisco that's really affected because the population could go longer. A lot of people are like, well, what happens when we get life back to normal and, you know, restaurants open or they don't open? What do you, what's, if we can go back to a couple last recessions or slowdowns or 9-11 or whatever, what do you think a typical like turnaround or chart to see things get back to normal, normal, like normalize as far as like spending and consumer behavior and things like that? I think there's going to be a massive surge okay. because people, Americans are not accustomed to, to not going out of their house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, the, uh, you know, when you look at the numbers 
40% of all the folks who've been affected by this are in New York, Seattle, and Louisiana. Wow. Uh, about 30 of the states basically have less than 10, 10 people who've gotten it. Wow. And um, it's, it's highly concentrated. I think in California, we've been, I don't, I can't say it's that it's who has created the situation, but we have, you know, for having 40 million people, we have amazingly few cases. And I think people are knuckling under. Yeah. And I think we'll start leveling out. Um, the site that I watch daily, Johns Hopkins University. Okay. Site, Johns Hopkins Viral Map. And it'll show you not only every state, but also every country in the world and how they're doing. And they have a logarithmic um, chart that basically shows progress by area. And you go on the map and you look at Korea and China and Japan, and you see that they're leveling out. And there are a number of other countries where things are um, evening out. And in our country, you can see a map where there are really like 30 some states that have maybe only one or two uh, folks that have died. And I, I know it's bad, but the reality is we have a 335 million people in this country. And, you know, statistically speaking, um, relatively insignificant um, number of deaths. People forget that every year in this country, almost 3 million people die, period. And when you compare that to what's happening now, it is an insignificant number. Not if you have it, obviously, yeah. or has it, but it's really a, a very small number. It's not 1918. Yeah. What do you, what's, what do you, um, if we get a turnaround in 60 days and people start getting back to life before, like, as we know it, um, obviously there's probably going to be some businesses that just aren't able to recover. I've heard of some people just saying it's been a great run. I'm just as a sign, I'm going to close my doors, but what are you hearing or what are you kind of thinking as far as obviously quarter two is probably not going to be good. I'm hearing quarter two is not going to be good. Quarter three, maybe quarter four, we'll start seeing some, you know, turnaround. And then obviously Q1 of 2021 is maybe where we're going to start seeing GDP growth. What are you kind of seeing or hearing? Well, basically, it's just that our second quarter is a wipeout yeah. here. Um, but third will be a, and fourth will be a substantial uh, recovery mode. and. As a result of that, we'll wind up the year uh, okay. Not horrible, but okay. The first quarter was just terrific uh, for the most part. Uh, there, our sales were good, you know, really through mid-February. And uh, I see this a huge surge in the third quarter, with fourth quarter being a pretty normal holiday time quarter with Thanksgiving and Christmas. 
And I think most of the people who have been laid off will get back into business. I mean, hotels will rehire again. They'll be hurting financially, but certainly the chains will muddle through that. Uh, the restaurants, I will say 80 to 90% will get back into business. Uh, many, if not most of the small restaurants have really established a very good carry out business. And somehow or other, they, they, they will muddle through. What do you think about the stimulus package? Probably one of the fastest reactions we've had from the government putting something in place. You know, my problem is I can't relate to two trillion. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's uh, our G GDP is 20, 20 trillion. So the relief package is equal to 10% of our GDP. And that sounds like a lot of money. I don't exactly know what it'll do. Um, and maybe, maybe we need three trillion, but I have no idea. And none of that money or virtually none of it has begun to flow yet. So we haven't seen that impact. I mean, if you send a thousand dollars to working class America, plus um, additional for children, that's a big chunk of change. Do you think, um, I was reading that if somebody did get let go and they get on unemployment and they get this check, based on if you add all those up, I mean, the government's really just trying to get people to get by for the next 60, 90 days, whatever. Hopefully that's enough to pay the bills. I mean, that's kind of the goal here, right? Well, there are a couple of things. Number one is um, from folks that I talk to, they're saying that when they lay people off, they give them maybe two or three weeks severance pay okay. plus their vacation pay. Oh, yeah. So, you know, a lot of folks have maybe three or four weeks vacation pay in reserve. And if they have a severance and vacation pay, they probably can make it through this, this period. Okay. Because as of right now, the government, is they're only sending, is it just for April? Or are they sending another check in May? Or is that still be de to be determined? I think... May is uh, an iffy month. I think April is fine. I, I think, for instance, in the apartment world, people all already earn the money for their April rent payment. So May is the uh, questionable mark. Yeah, so Crystal does commercial financing, mostly multifamily. And um, it's interesting because most of the lenders have raised their interest rates, kind of taken a, stat a stance a way to see. And I think, um, you know, renters are calling the, you know, owners or the management companies and, and then the owners are there calling the lenders and saying, Hey, I'm being told they're not going to pay rent. How am I going to make my mortgage payment? And so everything kind of went haywire. Uh, it's kind of putting a halt on lending and that, that the atmosphere of multifamily right now is kind of unknown. There's all speculation, obviously the government saying, you know, if you don't, you don't have to pay rent or we're just not going to evict you. Um, it's kind of causing all this chaos, but it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But I do agree with you. I think April wouldn't be bad, but May could be the month where it could be problematic um, for renters just not paying. 
Yeah, and uh, the eviction uh, legislation is really misguided. Yeah. And it was not a clever move by the legislature. I, it, it just was a wrong move. Yeah, and I don't think um, the way they presented it was correct because they came out like you don't have to pay rent, you don't have to pay your bills, and then then there's some, you know, obviously there's some language and rules around it, but it's our, the industry, I know for sure, a lot of people that are in it, it's really upsetting them because I, don't, I think everybody kind of jumped the gun and said something instead of really thought about properly how to you know get that out to the just to the population so i think we're going to have having a especially let's talk san diego it's already takes as you know long enough to evict somebody here so if we don't do evictions and this ramps up we have all these evictions i mean how long is it going to take to really get some out of a unit they didn't pay it could be talking a long time yeah and you know it in many cases you'll see where uh Parents will have to lend money to their kids to keep them in their apartments. And that's going to happen. It's just going to work that way. And, you know, folks who on reverse mortgage, if they need it, they have a source. So it's, I, I know it's terrible, but it's really not a disaster. It's nowhere near as bad as 2008. And I, I actually have lived through a number of recessions uh, really going back, wow, to the uh, the 60s and the one, there was a, a massive one from 79 to 83. And then we had, you know, we, we have tend to have one every 10 years. We just haven't had one of this dimension, not since 1918. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are, were so um, scarred from 2008, you know, and I get people going, this is a financial crisis. And I think people forget that 2008, the banks were in really bad financial shape. They made a lot of loans that they shouldn't have made and values came down. It was a completely different. And I tell people, you know, that it's funny because um, I think it was a Wells Fargo CEO said, it's kind of nice in this recession, we're actually in a good place to help people out rather than we can't really help you out. We need the help. So I think people are just so scarred from that. They're kind of bringing that fear into this environment we're at now. And it's making a lot of things a lot worse. I mean, I don't know if you agree with that or not. Yeah. You know, the home ownership uh, is at a, the highest that it's been since 2008. And that's, that's a good sign. Uh, here in uh, San Diego County, we've really never gotten above 55% home ownership. I can track that going back to the 1950s. Wow. We just, where the rest of the nation averages close to two thirds, California, San Diego, has just never gotten above 55%. And I don't see that changing any, especially with the high price of our housing. Yeah, do you, I mean, from what I'm seeing, people, there are some deals I hear fall apart or people are backing out and they're, all, they're only backing out of deals because of fear. I don't, they're just scared or maybe they, the money they're going to buy a house with, they're concerned because how long is this going to go? So they want to hold on to the money. But some people are thinking, oh, I'm going to back out because I think housing is going to go down 20, 30%. And I'm just kind of like, fundamentally, I don't see that. 
So in your opinion, somebody buying a home in San Diego that's locked in a rate, got an offer to think that housing is going to go down 20, 30% next year. I mean, what, what, when you hear that, what do you think? No, the, the answer is I don't think it's going to go down a penny. There's no reason for it to. It's not, it's not as if we have thousands of people defaulting on loans. That's not happening. Yep. Just not. And I don't think it will. I there. Can you hear me, Alan? Are you there? Oh, there you are. I lost you for a minute. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm no, here. Worries. Internet. <laughs> okay. So to reiterate, I don't see people defaulting on homes, on their loans. I see some might have a late payment, but the reality is that most banks will cooperate. And the result of that, I don't see a huge number of homes that are gonna be listed uh, for reasons of hardship. And I just think people who are thinking about it, selling their homes are just gonna hold back from listing them for now, but it, I see it as a rather good time to list your home because the people are still out there and they're, you know, if they, if they have to uh, put in an offer before they can see the house, well, they'll do it. Yeah, what's your, um, what's your probably biggest concern? Just like, let's just take San Diego. Um, what do you think your biggest concern is when you're, when we'll look back maybe in a year from now, obviously if things go the way we kind of imagine that you'll see the biggest concern happening here just locally out of, after this, we get through this. Well, I, I really don't have a concern for a year from now. Uh, my, my only real concern is that is the tourism industry that'll come back. It's just that it's made up of so many components who are really gonna get hurt this time around, I just don't know how fast it can recover. The, uh, when you let tens of thousands of employees go at SeaWorld and the zoo and Legoland and uh, Balboa Park and uh, these small restaurants and the service industries, and the enormous amount of dollar volume from wholesalers who service the cruise ships. You know, we have 300,000 passengers a year here. Wow. And those ships just, when they come into port, they've got to refill that food and liquor supply. And um, these folks are hurting. So that's, that, that's your thinking, that's going to be probably the longer recovery, the cruise ships, the travel, to just come back around. Yeah, and uh, we've been on a very positive uh, path in terms of cruise ship passengers. Uh, this uh, last year was our best year in maybe a decade. Wow. And... Um, visitors a year to San Diego it's an incredible number and most of them are from California and a huge number of them are from Southern California so 
they all get back on the road and come back down here uh, just as soon as they get the clear sign. Yeah, we, get, yeah, we have vacation rentals in La Jolla Shores and um, they've just been, besides this, obviously a lot of people still wanted to come. They just couldn't get here, but they've been just on fire. I mean, the amount of people staying here, it's, we're just, our occupancy is probably 90%, if not higher. And um, people from all over the world, you know, but a lot of people just from California. But I mean, I think San Diego is just becoming a hot spot. I mean, look at today's weather, you know, even if you take a walk outside, we're blessed. Yeah, you know, the city of San Diego last year collected over $30 million in TOT from Airbnbs alone. Wow. From short term rentals. And that is an enormous amount of money. Uh, when you realize that it comes from basically mom and pops. And that is, um, that's going to come back. And the city, maybe the city will realize that short-term rentals aren't such a bad thing after all. Yeah, no, I agree. What do you think, um, why have you here just kind of like on some positive stuff, all the development going on downtown, like the Manchester project, things like that. It seems like San Diego's bringing kind of like, it's like some luxury or higher end stuff because maybe that's attraction here. What do you think about all that growth going on and like the kind of consumer coming in here we're attracting? I think the big things have to go on. Yeah. They're, they're, they're pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, they can't stop. And Life goes on. I mean, the architects are still busy, the engineers, the environmentalists, uh, consulting firms, they're all still doing okay because the big guys certainly recognize that this is of short duration. I mean, if they thought it was going to persist, that's one thing. But they figure it's a, maybe it's a 60-day vacation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not exactly that, but... Yeah, the, the basic point is they have to look further than the second quarter and they do and they will. And as long in, as they're going to be able to get the, uh, the materials to move forward, they're going to keep moving forward. Yeah. Any, any final, any final thoughts or words? I, I think people have to start thinking, 60 days from now and getting back to life as normal. But I think uh, April's pretty well shot. And then month is May is a recovery month and we'll be back to normal in June. And I think um, I always, I always telling people, uh, the other thing is I think, you know, all of us are going to get to go out and get your hair cut I say get your facials and your nails done and go to the restaurants and go to the ball games or zoo. And I always tell people, good luck getting into your favorite restaurant because everybody else is going to have the same idea because they're going to be so cooped up in the house. Everybody's going to want to come out and spend money. I think we're going to see such a big spending spree. Obviously, anybody locally, you know, here, I think it's going to be the surge is going to be unbelievable. I agree. Can you hear me still? I can hear you. Okay, cool. Well, Alan, I appreciate your time. I, you and your family stay safe. 
hopefully uh, the next time I see you, it's in person. We're shaking hands and we don't have to have social distance. Yeah, we, we don't have to battle each other. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad we have internet and I can still talk to you and um, do this, which is cool because it's making business still go on, which is obviously a good thing. But I wish you well and um, I look forward to seeing you soon and I appreciate the time. Thanks, Ken. You too. Okay. Talk to you soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.